Hey everybody, welcome to the Stewardship Simplified Podcast, the place where pastors, practitioners, and partners come together to talk about the realities and challenges of giving and stewardship today and what's coming up tomorrow. Hear from experts in generosity and leadership as they share their insights on best practices, trends, and resources. Hey, thank you everybody for listening to the Stewardship Simplified podcast. We have a real treat today. I got to sit down with uh, Art Rayner. Art is the author of The Money Challenge and has his own podcast called More Than Money. And we get into some fascinating conversations about emerging generations. So uh, before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about an event that we are sponsoring in April, uh, on April the 27th here in Jacksonville. We are partnering with Christian Stewardship Network to provide a one-day stewardship summit. It's a workshop that will help you, church leaders, pastors, stewardship leaders, treasurers, know how to cultivate stewardship and have a stewardship ministry within your church. A lot of churches are kind of struggling for how do we emphasize this the right way? How do we get more people on board? Well, this one day workshop is going to help you do that. So if you go to our website at floridabaptist.org, there's going to be a link there to register, bring your team. It's going to be a great day of learning together. So uh, Art and I had a wonderful conversation. We uh, dove into the emerging generations and what, what church leaders can do to help engage them more at a higher level in the area of generosity and stewardship. Art also has a number of resources that he's produced, so you're gonna to wanna to stay to the end and hear about those. So uh, without further delay, here's my conversation with Art Rayner. Well, welcome everybody to the Stewardship Simplified podcast. We have a wonderful guest, uh, somebody I've gotten to know a little bit better over the years. Art Rayner is with us. Uh, Art, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for, for having me. And of course, thank you for your ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am truly, truly grateful for, for what you do, for what you all do. Um, and it's an honor. It's a, it's a huge blessing to, to be on this podcast, especially, you know, in, in its genesis and its beginning that I, that I get to be a part of it early on. Yeah, That's yeah awesome. I mean, you're, so thank you. you're welcome. You're like, we were just talking. It's just the first uh, half a dozen or so episodes. So uh, it can only go up from here. No, <laughs> but um, you and I don't know each other super well, but we've gotten to know each other a little bit. Uh, I got to know you when you were serving at one of our seminaries. Um, and of course, the Rainer name is pretty well known in, among our tribe in Southern Baptist, but but that doesn't mean they necessarily know art and all that you bring to the table. So uh, if you would just tell us a little bit about your background, your family, uh, and particularly how the Lord has launched you into serving him in some new ways here recently. Yeah, I'll start with with my family, since uh, out of those different categories, that is the most important one. So I've been married to an amazing woman uh, named Sarah for over 16 years now, which is which is incredible. Uh, years have gone by very, very fast. And we have three boys, Nathaniel, Joshua, and James. They're ages 12, 9, and 6, which is crazy to think about as, as well. I mean, it's just you blink and they're, you know older right and and so it it's a uh, it's a lot of fun in, in our house it's very active our boys are very very active and all into all into sports i, I coach uh most of their or a lot of their their teams i'm at least coaching one team mm. every every season uh doing some type of sport and as sarah says i i work to uh, support my coaching habit mm-hmm. um and so that's that's what we're we're about of course we're a family who is passionate about the, the the mission that God has has given us. Uh, we look at our our home as a gospel outpost in our in our neighborhood, and so we try to treat it as as such. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so that's our, that's our family. And hey, before you move on, away from it, I know that you have two brothers uh, yes. and you have, you just said three sons. Um, that's a lot of, of, uh, of, of male uh, ego there going <laughs> on. So uh, your wife, Sarah, we, do we need to just pray for her now? You or? absolutely do. So, yeah. so Sarah uh, grew up with one sister. And so, yes, she is married to a guy who grew up with two brothers, mm-hmm. and now we have three boys of of our own. So, Does you know, ever you feel can like imagine. she's just in a, a locker room or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I say our our house is like a um, I don't know, it's kind of like a toddler frat house at times. <laughs> so, I, yeah, Sarah, God bless her. She it, has become an amazing, amazing boy mom. Yeah. Uh, she really has, she'll be in the back, she'll get in the backyard yeah. and throw the football with our, with, with our boys. Um, she'll tackle them when, when necessary. Nice. Uh, so she is, she's an amazing wife. She's an amazing mom. And, uh, the boys are, they're, they're blessed to have her. Amen. Amen. All right. Tell us what else is going on. Yeah. So recently I launched a, a new company called Christian money solutions mm-hmm. and I, it's, uh, you want to talk about just an opportunity that top opportunity that God gave me. This is this is it. I, I love Southeastern. So I was at Southeastern, love Southeastern, love the work that, that was going on there, love the team. And so this was a big surprise to to, to me. Yeah. But God put together a lot of these, just these pieces that were out there to be able to do what I'd been doing on the side. So helping people discover and pursue God's design for, for money mm-hmm. in a full-time way. Mm-hmm. And it was an opportunity that, um, it, admittedly, I was hesitant to to take uh, because I wanted to make sure my family was was cared for. But yeah. everybody, all my counsel, my pastor, saying you got to do this, you got to do this. Finally, Sarah one morning said, "Art, you've been kind of on the the edge a little bit with this, trying to figure out whether you should uh, go on your own or or not." And so she said, "Art, if you don't if you don't jump off this edge, she said, I'm going to mm-hmm. kick you off." <laughs> and so that was the that was the the tipping point for me. I got to do this. And and so Christian Money Solutions has has launched. And once again, our mission is just to simply help people discover and pursue God's design for for money. Great, great. Uh, you've authored, I know, at least uh, one book, probably more. Uh, money Challenge is the one I'm most familiar with, and probably most others have used it in our church. Uh, and uh, with great effect, and we recommend it. So uh, thank you for that resource. And yeah, I, I looked you up and uh, just to get some background information more than what I knew. And it, uh, I love how you, in your bio, it just said, uh, I'm on a mission to help men and women discover God's design for uh, their their money, but more importantly, their life. You know, it's just, yeah. it's more than the money, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, hey, w- uh, we could do a whole podcast just on what that whole journey of leaving an institutional gig and going out into the the unknown of, of venturing out into kind of running your own kind of, uh, you know, business. But um, maybe we'll have you back sometime and have that conversation. Yeah, but... give, give me like a give me about two and a half more years so I can <laughs> yeah, tell you yeah. whether that was a smart you're, decision. You're still or not. standing in the middle of it now. You need to have some perspective. I, I, I get it. But uh, so maybe we'll have you back at, at that time and do that. But today I'm really excited about this topic because I think it is where so many uh, leaders are living, uh, what pastors are encountering. And whether they recognize it and acknowledge it and are being intentional about it or not, uh, it is the the soup that they're swimming in. Uh, but another thing that that pastors and leaders are navigating is 
this uh, how emerging generations are approaching giving differently. And the starting point's different. Um, you had already talked about, you know, they're cause oriented. They're, you got to give them kind of a focus towards a mission. But um, anything else you want to say about just one of those broader characteristics? And you're right. You can't you can't. Um, I can't remember if it was Stetzer or somebody said you can never predict what one person's going to do, but you can absolutely predict what large groups of people are going to do. <laughs> and so when you yeah. generalize, you know, that we're, we are speaking in generalizations, of course. But when you when you look at the broader strokes. Uh, what are just some characteristics that would help pastors understand uh, who who were uh, who's sitting in their pew and listening to them? Yeah, so I'd give um, let me give you two um, two thoughts. One, they are they're mission oriented, mm-hmm. and then two, they are in need of knowledge. Now, with each of these challenges, um, it also brings great opportunity to the to the local church. So they're mission oriented. They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They want to be a part of a cause. And and that's a good thing. Uh, in fact, I, I would argue that that's how God has designed us. We're to uh, to desire to be a part of something something bigger. Of course, the question is, what is that that something, right? But I believe that God has designed us for something to to desire for to be a part of some something bigger. so they're they're mission oriented. Once again, that's a that's a good thing. That uh, the church can certainly um, take. I want to say take advantage of it. That's the wrong way of put, put in it. But it's an opportunity to meet them where they are. We have the greatest uh, cause that there is, right? Absolutely, absolutely. They are also in need of knowledge. Now, here's what I mean by by that. Um, they are certainly in need of knowledge as it relates to their personal finances. Financial literacy rates are at an all-time low here in the United States. Of course, that's all generations. That's not just this generation, but it is certainly indicative wow. yeah. of the, the the younger younger generation. So it is at an all-time low, which is staggering to think about because there is so much information that that is out there, and but at the same time, it's not it's not getting to them. Um, or the right information's not not getting to them because there's also a lot of bad information that's that's out there. So they are in need of knowledge uh, just with the basics. How do you manage a budget? How do right. you avoid debt? If you're in debt, how do you get out of debt? How much money do you need to save for 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 the future? Those essentials are uh, largely missing as far as the knowledge of those essentials is lar- largely missing with the with the younger gener- generation. That's yeah. why you've seen a lot of schools. Personal finance uh, courses are starting to be required before they graduate. That's a that's a good thing. Once again, right. assuming that um, it aligns with what we find in in scripture. Yeah, but they're also um, needing to uh, be taught about generosity. They're needing to be taught about God's design for money. They're needing to be taught about what Scripture says about money. And as you know, Scripture has uh, God has a lot to say about money. There's over two thousand verses in the Bible about money, possessions, stewardship. In the in the past, um, kids could look to their parents. Uh, they could be sitting in church, and they would watch the the offering plate pass by them, and they watch their parent mm-hmm. put money into the offering plate. And so you would you'd at least have a visual of right. of what it means to be a part of a local church and giving to it to a local church. But that's largely gone. Uh, why? Um, because we have online giving. Which mm-hmm. hear me, I love online giving. Yeah. I give online. I have reoccurring giving. I, I love it. But here's what I've recognized as a parent: this next generation, you know, my kids, mm-hmm. they're not gonna, they're not gonna know that I give 
unless I tell them that I give, unless I teach them right. about about generosity. And so this generation, unless somebody's sitting there teaching them about about generosity, which typically doesn't happen, unfortunately, they're never going to know. There's, they're not going to just all of a sudden, it's not going to just dawn on them, oh, God wants me to, to give. Somebody has to teach them. And yeah. so they're missing knowledge about just personal finances in general, but also about what God specifically says um, about fi finances and how the foundation for biblical financial health is, is generosity. Yeah. And I'm, I'm reminded of those Deuteronomy 6 passages that talk about, you know, teach these to, you know, your, the next generation as you walk along the road, as you, you know, as you rise up and lay down all those kind of things. And just in the normal rhythms of life, that it's just natural for us to have these conversations. This is why do we give? This is who we are. This is yeah. because Jesus has given to us. And so, um, and if it doesn't start there, if it doesn't start in the home, um, you know, they're going to find that information somewhere. And so right. either we get to disciple them in this area um, uh, as, as parents or grandparents, or the world is going to disciple them. And they have a very different value system when it comes to money. That's so, a great point. Yeah. All right, so let's talk more from a church leadership standpoint. And, uh, you know, I think just what are some things you see church leaders do that's very helpful with this generation, uh, kind of emerging uh, younger adults? And then, then what are some things maybe they're like, man, I've seen this and this is something that uh, you don't want to do? Yeah, so one of the, let me start with one of the pieces that I would say you don't want, want to do, mm -hmm. and that's to avoid the topic. Of, of money to avoid the topic of, of generosity. And look, I get it. I, I get that for, for many, it's an uncomfortable topic. Um, it, money, uh, unfortunately, is often considered, you know, taboo. You don't talk about money, you don't talk about politics, you don't. I, I, I understand that. And I understand that also a lot of ministers, they don't feel comfortable talking about it because maybe they're they're not managing their their finances in the way that they would like to, mm -hmm. and so they don't feel like they're qualified to to speak on it. Let me just encourage the pastors that that are out there. First of all, all that you need to do is teach the teach the Bible. Um, you are you, if you're struggling maybe somewhere in your finances, like that should not prevent you from teaching about what God says about about money, and your congregation needs to hear this. Every one of us is impacted in some way by money. We 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 have to we have to use it every single day. Right. So it's a major major part of our lives. And in the congregation, this is a significant issue for many. It's just statistically speaking. When I'm speaking to to a church, I assume that about eighty percent of the church. Now it's not always accurate, but I assume that about eighty percent of the, the the church, eighty percent of the congregation, is struggling in some way. With their finances, is, for some it's debt. For some it's you know budgeting issues. For some they're placing their hope in in money. They're placing their hope in material goods. So I'm assuming that the majority, just statistically speaking, right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm right. If, if, they're a, if they're a normal sampling of the population, right? Absolutely. And so my encouragement to to all all pastors is to to engage the the topic. Your congregation needs to hear, and if you don't teach them. As we've already said, they're going to learn about money from somewhere, right? And we certainly want them to learn about money through the lens of Scripture, mm -hmm. rather than what the world has to has to say. 
so that's with all generations. I know we're specifically mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. the younger generation, but it certainly is with all generations. And don't be afraid with the younger generation to go ahead and start talking about it, even in high school. Once again, right. school's already looking at this and say, hey, you have to mm-hmm. go through a course on personal finances right. before you graduate. Why not yeah. go ahead and engage them? While they're in high school on this topic, teach them what the Bible has to has to say. It's for that reason. You talked about the the money challenge. Mm-hmm. It's for that reason that I put together the money challenge for for teens. There's mm-hmm. just such a a need, and I got to tell you, the response is has been incredible, and it is wow. so much Good. fun. I get to te- uh, talk to teenagers um, on occasion. It's so much fun to talk to them because when you start telling them those things, their eyes just light up and they're like, Oh my goodness, nobody's ever told me this stuff about money. And the Bible does have a lot to say about it. That's incredible. And so it's a lot of fun and uh, you can teach them uh, what scripture has to say and just some basic financial principles early on. So I encourage you to, to go for it, do it. Don't avoid the topic. Yeah. We, and our resource plug at our floridabaptist.org website under resources, we have, uh, you know, there's lots of lots of things out there, but we, we felt the need to provide just a simple sermon series on stewardship yeah. that taught the basics, uh, but did it in a, um, a very uh, winsome way, but a very convicting way. So we actually captured, we had permission from a pastor here in Jacksonville, Tim Maynard, uh, let us capture three uh, sermons and we have the transcripts, we have the video. Obviously, you're going to make it your own, but but just to give you some examples and maybe some ideas that the Lord can spur uh, some thought and, and creativity in your own mind, Pastor. So uh, we just wanted to provide that resource out there so that you can approach this topic because if you can't go through the Bible, if you say we, we we're people of the book and we preach yep. exegetically, we preach the word, you're going to come across these passages with a fair degree of, of frequency. And so you've got to be prepared to to approach them, have some good illustrations, have some good ways to to frame the conversation. So that's good. Any other best practices or or other counsel you would give to churches that are trying to to very positively uh, impact these generations? Yeah. So as you as you talk about the the the, the church and um and, and generosity to the, to the church. Uh, my my encouragement is to help them also understand the impact of the of the local church. Mm-hmm. So I, I've obviously been around uh, the local church for a long time. My dad was a pastor pastor growing up. I've been an administrative pastor at a at, at a church. The stories mm-hmm. that um, the God stories that happen through the local church are amazing and they are abundant. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. We often don't tell the stories. We don't tell these stories of of impact. When people uh, look at giving to their local church, they often think about keeping the light bills on, paying the the pastor's salary, and certainly those things are important. I know those listening to this podcast are saying, "Yeah, I, that that needs to happen," and I agree, it needs to happen. But why? Why does it need to happen? Because God uses that. He uses it all to change lives for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And so, talk about with permission. Talk about. The the couple that maybe was on the verge of divorce, but now they're they're getting back to, together. Talk about the homeless that were that were that were fed. Talk about the person who's being baptized in the service. Talk about that story and connect it to the generosity of the, the congregation. Mm-hmm. This stuff happened. God took those resources mm-hmm. and used them so that these things can can happen. They're a part of that, you know, going back to that larger mission, they're a part of that larger mission. And so when we talk about best practices, I, I love when churches 
don't they don't just talk about giving, but they talk about the impact that giving has, and they tell the stories that are attached to that uh, to that to that generosity. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen churches, and and even when I was leading a local association here, we we would we would capture a lot of that under the banner of because you gave. Yeah, uh, because you gave. Now, only God can change a life. Only God can cause spiritual transformation. But when we come to Him with our loaves and fishes, and He does what only He can do. Yeah. Uh, ministry is multiplied and we provide an opportunity or a platform for Jesus to change lives. And when that happens, tell the story because you gave church, this was able to, to occur. Uh, there, there's abundant opportunities to connect generosity to the work of God uh, that's done through the, through the local church. Every church has those, has those stories. So yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously with permission, share them. Yeah, right. Exactly. So um, just some wrapping up here, but any, you know, when you think about most pastors are not, you know, in their twenties, you know, most pastors are well mature and and later in life. And, and yet you're trying to to relate to a younger generation. Um, The good news is generally speaking, as I look at the different data points of research, the emerging generations are more open to mentoring and more open to information from previous generations than, say, my generation or, or earlier, where we were kind of like, hey, no thanks, you guys messed up this world, we're, we don't want any help from you. Um, everything I'm seeing uh, says that the emerging generations are, are more uh, open to being influenced. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, yeah. They, they are looking for, for leadership, for, for, for guidance, for education. Um, so that that is certainly true. I, I find it to be to be true. And here would be my encouragement to to the 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 pastor that you're you're talking about, the minister that you're talking about. Let them know mm. that you're open to to mentoring them. A lot of them they they want it, but they're not really sure how to go about getting it. That's one of the the challenges that I have that I've seen. They're not really sure about even how to ask. Um, you know, it puts them kind of in a, in a, in a weird position. Like, how do I, do I just reach out to the pastor? Do I, you know, DM him? Uh, do, do I send a, send a t- like email? What do I do? Yeah. Let them know that this, that this is uh this is an option. It may be formal, you know, maybe like a cohort or something like that. Let them know that you're uh, wanting to, to have a group or, um, have, have some type of m- meeting structure and then tell them, here's how you can you can be a part of this. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what we're going to cover, and here's how you can can be a part of it. And I think you'd be surprised at the at the at the response. Mm, that's good. That's a good word. Well, Art, you're involved in a number of things these days. I know part of it is um, helping raise up uh, financial counselors within the church, and that, that actually could be part of addressing what we're talking about now. So, going to give you some airspace here. Just uh, tell us a little bit about what you're trying to launch, and then a little bit about how people can connect or, or contact you. Yeah, I'm really excited about about this. So we've recently launched the Certified Christian Financial Counselor Program. Here's something that I have found over over the years. We need more men and women. We need an army of men and women who are able to help people better understand God's design for money. Now, a Christian financial counselor helps people get out of debt. They help people to better manage their budget. They're not they're not a certified financial planner, so they're not doing investments, they're not selling any type of insurance product or anything like that, but yeah. they're helping people with those basics that we've already talked about. That we've already said, "Hey, there's a big need here." And so the certified Christian financial counselor program walks somebody through 
how they can do that. And then, so there's 32 modules. It's a 32 module program. At the end of the program, there's a 100 question, two hour exam. The reason why we have something like that is just because we want to make sure that you know this this information because you're working with somebody's finances. And so we want to we want to make sure that if we say yes, this person is certified, that um, that we we know that they know their their stuff, right? Here's here's my 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 dream with this program. So I would love to see a certified Christian financial counselor, a CERT CFC in every church, at least one in, in, in every church. And for them to operate in a way much like you would have with a, a marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. So you have somebody that has this designation in the church so that when a couple or an individual goes to the to the pastor and says, hey, I'm struggling with debt. I'm struggling with my with my finances. Can you help me? They can say, you know what, I might not be able to help you with budgeting or I might not be able, but we have somebody in our church who loves doing that. And they've been certified through this, through the the CERT CFC program, and they would love to help right. you yeah. with that. So you have somebody designated in your church to help people with their personal finances. It is such a need. Yeah. We need, as I said, an army of men and women to help with the massive need that's that's out there. I get contacted almost daily now by people saying, "Hey, can you help me with my with my finances?" And unfortunately, the answer is I most of the time I I can't. Right. Um at least on a on a one-on-one basis, even if it's via Zoom. I I just I don't have enough time. We need yeah. a lot of people that uh, that are out there to to help people with these with these issues. And in a typical church of uh you know, 100 people or less or so, I mean, the pastors Got so many other things they're doing. They're not going to. It can't fall on their shoulders. They've got to raise up some other people, and and you know look for those people God has brought and those who maybe have some uh, inclination or they have some some skills or or experience in the area of finance that might you know lean towards these things automatically anyhow. So, Pastor, look for those people, and uh, where can they find that information to to yeah. take the next step? So you can you can go to ChristianFinancialHealth.com. You'll see. The, the certification program front and center there. And I think you just hit on a very good point. This program is not the get out of debt program. Mm. This program is for those that already have a, a good financial base of knowledge right. and they love helping people yeah. discover and pursue God's design for money already. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of already know this is something that they enjoy. This is something that they do. Yeah. And so this program just, once again, it validates them. It provides some some credibility for, mm-hmm. for them, some trustworthiness for, for them. So this is not the get out of debt program. No. This is, no. hey, this person can help other people get out right. of get yeah. out of debt. Yeah, good, good, good point. Uh, well, thank you, Art, for your time and your wisdom and your uh, generosity with us today. I'll tell you this, there's another resource you've recently put out called the Financial State of the Union. And uh, my wife, Camille, uh, loves resources like that. And she's already printed it out. And on my way driving into the office a few minutes ago, I told her I was gonna be talking to you. She said, well, let Art know I've printed that out. And uh, brother, my weekend just got a little busier. I just want you to know. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be sitting down doing our own financial state of the union and then encouraging others to do, to do so as well. So thank it's, you for that. It's a, gr- it's a great practice to do at the at the end of the year. I encourage everybody to uh, to do that at the, at the end of the year. Good, good. Well, thanks again for your time and uh, thanks for being a part of the Stewardship Simplified podcast. Well, thank you for having me. God bless. 
Stewardship Simplified podcast is provided for general information purposes only and does not offer or constitute personalized financial, investment, tax, or legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from a tax, financial, or legal professional. Mentions of the Church Growth Investment Fund are not an offer to sell nor a solicitation of an offer to buy securities of the Church Growth Investment Fund. Any solicitation of an offer to buy or sell is made solely through and by CJF's offering circular, which you should read carefully before making an investment decision. Offer and sales of these securities will be made only through representatives of the Church Growth Investment Fund. CGIF securities are subject to certain risk factors as described in the offering circular.